Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the September 14th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It's the Wednesday edition of the show with, uh, what, the, the first full week of the NFL is now in the books, all the way up to and including Monday Night Football. We'll talk about that game maybe for just a second. I'm Chris, and with me as always is John. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That lets you know when new episodes are available. You get them automatically. We know you're out there. It's awesome. Uh, you just tap it. Just find your favorite podcasting app, find the subscribe button, hit it. You're good to go. If you've got friends and family that love sports too, um, sports fans, just forward it. You know, you can share it. There's a little share button in your podcasting app and you can shoot them a message and say, Hey, you guys got to go hang out with Chris and John for a while and uh, check out their, their podcast. We would most certainly appreciate that. Also, we have umyasports.com. It's a place you can go and get the latest sports news and information updated all throughout the day. We go around the internet, we go around the socials, we hit the local sites, we bring it all together. Um, We bring you content that you won't find on the big national sites. It's all free of ads and it's free to you. So head on over there and check that out. Finally, we're on Twitter. Also, we're on Twitter. Go check that out at Um Sports. We would love to hear from you. Who's your favorite team? What are you thinking about this season so far? We'd love to hear from you. So go check that out. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing well. The Seattle Seahawks surprised me on Monday night. I was not expecting them to play uh, a competitive game against the Denver Broncos. We have yet to learn whether that was a deficit on the side of the Broncos or a, you know, a benefit on the side of the Seahawks. Did the Seahawks win the game or did the Broncos lose the game? What's your take on it? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, Seattle played well defensively uh, and offensively. Geno Smith going, I think, 13 for 13 to start the first half or to close out the first half uh, and then ended up throwing a couple incompletions in the second half, but overall played well. Getting to to the wide receivers, DK Metcalf got a big, um, a lot of the targets. And then also um, Noah Fant got a few. He just kind of passed it around really well. And then Rashard Penny went running wild through the through the um, the Broncos team and, and and ended up getting quite a few yards for him, but defensively it wasn't like the defense was playing, you know, top notch defense or anything. Yes, they got to Russell Wilson a few times, and yes, they w- were able to make a few get a few sacks and um, cause a few incompletions. To get I think they got an interception somewhere in there, multiple fumble recoveries, stops. That's the strong point was the goal line stands. But through the time that they were doing the drives, if you do the Denver Broncos, you had opportunities to get wide open wide receivers. Most of the time it was a tight end or Jerry Judy running away, getting a touchdown. Cortland Sutton got multiple plays. They marched the red zone, but they played bend, not break defense. And, and for a lot of the game, they didn't break and allow the Broncos to make it into the touchdown. Now, the Broncos obviously are a very good football squad. Uh, I think we saw that. I think they have got, we sh- they showed flavors of what they're able to do. Williams played well. We see now that they are going to be using their running backs quite a bit. And that's something we heard in the offseason a little bit as well, is that they would like their running backs and they're going to use them. Uh, their tight ends are going to be used more frequently uh, than I previously thought. And also their wide receivers are going to get plenty of opportunities to make plays. Uh, and so I think the reason Seattle was able to get to Russell Wilson the way they did was because of Pete Carroll knowing Russell Wilson's weaknesses and were able to use that against him and flush him out of the pocket to the left because that's when they really know he has a weakness and all that. So that, that was positive. The problem now lies in the fact that 
Jamal William or Adam, sorry, Jamal Adams will be out for an extended period of time with a quad injury that appears to be severe, and then um, they have another defense end that's also going to be out for an extended period of time. So now they're at the point where they're trying to fix up a team that now is struggling with injuries. So that's going to be a problem for him. But week one, I think the Broncos are going to bounce back and have you know a great season for themselves. I think they're a good football squad. They lost, like I said, just because of issues on the goal line and struggling. Uh, if they were able to clean that up, that probably would have ended up being a blow blowout. And then at the end of the game, the highly scrutinized field goal attempt yeah. uh, that they tried. Apparently, Russell Wilson said that uh, they had the that that's exactly where the the kicker wanted to kick it from that hash mark at that yard, and he said he could make it, just missed or whatever. Um, but I think it was a good game, uh, well fought. Seattle fans were booing. Russell Wilson as he ran yeah, the field, which people around um, social media and analysts do not like the fact that they were booing him because what did he actually end up doing to the team? He just he made them great for like ten years. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and he said that in his post game speech about how you know he he's done like if you look back he's done so much for the city he has no oh, grudge yeah. against him. Yeah. And then basically said I don't care if you boo at me or not I'm playing for God I don't I don't really care sure. so he knows he's working for that's a that's a good answer I thought yeah. uh, after listening to it but I like the way Russell Wilson commanded himself uh, obviously that field goal decision wasn't obviously his choice he yeah. probably wanted to go for it but uh you know didn't throw his coach under the bus made the right decision about how to back him up and all that which is the class action, uh, class that Russell Wilson is. So I think ultimately we're going to see what Seattle looks like. But I think one of the things we did learn is they're going back to their roots of run the ball, run oh, yeah. the ball, run the ball, yep. run the ball, run the ball. And the offensive line actually held up really well. So the draft choices I were thought also G- good. Yeah, I thought Gino looked, looked really good. He had a lot of time and he looked, you know, beyond just serviceable. Like he looked. Yeah, he looked good. like he could, he could, you know, uh, help this team to a yeah. few wins. Yeah throughout yeah. the season so positivity on both sides but we'll see how long that positivity yeah. should last yeah okay i'm interested to see how how things go as the season bears on was that just an emotional victory for seattle given the circumstances or or are they actually going to be competitive this year so we'll find that out soon enough the browns decided to put a little elf on the midfield of brownie the, the elf yeah they put him right there in the middle of the field it looks like Baker Mayfield with like one of those hats on, you know, like those hipster hats that people wear, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like that. <laughs> ah. Well, what do you think about uh, what do you think about uh, little elves on the field? You think that's going to help him win ball games? So apparently, uh, you know, there's a there's an NFL throwback video. We watched it. It was talking about the the different teams and their logos and why yeah. they have helmets and everything like that. Where where the elf comes from? Uh, the elf was like huge within the Browns organization. Everyone loves the elf. That's okay. a huge thing. And I believe at one point he was supposed to go on the helmets. Oh, but they decided <laughs> against that. That's like Bucko Bruce on the helmet. Like that's like worse than Bucko Bruce on the helmet. Uh, the only thing that the Browns at war for on their helmet before was a number. They put yeah. like numbers on their right. helmets. Yeah, the players style. hated it so much. They peeled it off during the game. They hated so, the numbers. Yeah. They really? peeled off the numbers during a game and huh. they just never went back. Huh. But like the like it's great to have a logo in the middle of their field because like I, I don't know if I like just they just put a big elf, like a big orange circle. Just like a big a big orange circle. The community brown loves, the brown circle. The community loves, you know, 
the elf and the, and the you know dog pound community. Yeah. The question is, why are they the dog pounds if the if the if the main character is an elf? I don't know. Brownie the elf. I'm sure there's a there's I'm sure there's the correlation. I'm there? sure there's a documentary that you could turf up that would tell you <laughs> where's the all dog of the details as to where all of that came from. It would look so much better if they put the dog pound logo that they have on the field and put that in the middle of it. That's way more intimidating than a little right. elf. If there's any listeners out there that know what's going on with the uh the, the the dog pound and where that all came from, what the history of that is, hit us up on Twitter. Love to hear it. I'll also look it up so I can tell you. Oh, gosh. Okay. You could always do that. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's see what else is going on. So Dak Prescott uh, injured mm-hmm. uh, in that Sunday night football game against Tampa Buccaneers. Looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks. However, Jerry Jones, ever the optimist, still thinks his team has a chance. He, I'm not sure. He said that Dak Prescott, they're not going to put on the injured reserve because he thinks he can come back sooner. Okay. But I seem to remember like they were been very, very, very careful with him. Exactly. In the don't rush it. Just like don't rush the don't rush getting it back on the football field. Because if you do that, yes, you might not make it to the playoffs this season. And and I think Jerry Jones is super impatient to get another Super Bowl. Like all he talks about is the I fact think that all his owners team is great. are impatient to get another Super Bowl. Yes, but Jerry Jones, I feel like, talks more than any other owner. Like, I hear him pop up way more than yeah. every, own, every other owner. He's vocal. And every time he talks, it's either about the fact that, you know, it, he, he had a Super Bowl and now he wants to get back to another one. Yeah. Or it's about how the players basically need to get ready to play or they'll be gone. <laughs> it just kind of feels like it's at this point where it kind of feels like a big shakeup's going to be happening in, in Dallas if, you know... Uh, Mike McCarthy and, and company don't end up winning football games in the near future. If they're out of the playoffs, it kind of feels like a coaching change is kind of inevitable at that point and, and things are going to be shaken up. And at that point, you know, maybe it's Dan Quinn that comes in, the defensive coordinator who's done a great job with that defense possibly. But this team is very talented defensively, but they're dragged down offensively. And the reason that being is Jerry Jones is – just gotten rid of players that he shouldn't have. Um, and now they don't, they had great wide receivers last season, guys like Wilson and, uh, and Mari Cooper is gone now to the Browns and Gallup's injured, obviously, but they yeah. need to build the offense because the defense is way better than the offense by a wide, wide margin. And the defense, I mean, the offense has a good one, two punch with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, but you saw with Tampa, like Tampa just shut them down. Like yeah. they did nothing against them and then Tampa just ran all over them so they're gonna have to figure it out but it's gonna be interesting because Dak Prescott is really struggling with staying on the field he's been out quite a bit over the last few seasons so figuring out how to get him on the field is gonna be a must for 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 the uh for the Dallas Cowboys but Jerry Jones is like you said the optimist he's he thinks that you know he can get his squad back together but it they paid him a lot of money already. It'd be kind of dumb to rush back a hand injury because the last thing you want is it to be an even serious, more serious hand injury. And, you know, you go down that whole rabbit trail of, you know, all of that. But, you know, now you get Cooper Rush to come in without a good wide receiver core and with Ezekiel Elliott not turning in the numbers that he used to turn in. It's going to be a lot of riding the defense and hoping Trayvon Diggs, excuse me, and uh, Micah Parsons and company are does enough to stop opposing teams which it might be able to it might not just gonna really come down to you know how that's all gonna look but maybe this is the year that dallas 
falls flat and doesn't end up getting into the playoffs. And I feel like this has been the question the last few seasons is, is Dallas going to be able to make it to the playoffs where they had Andy Dalton as the quarterback when Dak Prescott went down and now Dak Prescott comes back and now he has another hand injury. At least it was at the beginning of the season because now when he comes back, you still have, you know, nine, 10 games, or whatever. And if you can keep it close, keep it competitive, you might be able to claw back into it and maybe get a playoff spot, especially within that division. So, a lot is on the table. Not everything is decided quite yet, but we'll see exactly how, how it all is going to be shaken out. And I just thought it was an interesting thing that he said that he thinks he could come back sooner. Does that mean he's going to rush him back because he's that impatient about it? Or if that's no. just saying... I doubt he rushes him back. I think he's just being optimistic. Yeah, he's just optimistic. And maybe he just, you know, maybe he's got some info we don't have. Hey, that's I also true. It's hard to say. Trey Lance out there in San Francisco. Jerry Rice thinks that people are giving him too much crap. Yeah, I agree. We talked about this when we talked about the Bears and the 49ers. Everyone's treating it like, you know, he, he didn't do enough. But it was literally, you know, it was so hard for him to, you know, find footing. And none of his wide receivers could play. It's They're playing, they're from California. They're not used to this downpour of rain where the field is literally a slip and slide. So Trey Lance comes in in one of his first games that he's actually starting and actually gets a hundred more than 100 yards passing and is able to run a little bit, and his pocket is collapsing, and his wide receivers aren't able to hold on to the football. All of that considered, and they lose, but now we're basically saying that the 49ers are falling off. I feel like the NFL sports, or not sports, media is major overreactors, and I don't like to jump to conclusions week one, or even week two, three, or four, because teams are going to figure stuff out at the end of the season. That's when things are really, you're able to draw conclusions with Trey Lance. We have no clue who this kid is. You need to see in a natural environment. That's not pouring down rain or wind or anything like that. Like that's when you're really going to see what this kid's made out of not throwing him to the wolves week one or week one and literally the pouring rain. And if Jimmy Garoppolo was at quarterback, would he been able to do much better? Probably not. I mean, that's ridiculous weather that would make any good quarterback look a little bit foolish running around back there because it's just sure. a fact of life that it's hard to stay up on a slippery a field bit, a little bit and a little hard to hold on to a football when it's extremely wet. So I think it's time to press the brakes a little bit on, you know, saying Trey Lance is a terrible quarterback, a bust or shouldn't be drafted and just say uh, he needs time to learn the offense, learn the scheme, learn to play in the NFL because coming where, from where he came out of college to here it takes time. Josh Allen, same thing. He took time, and now he's a really good quarterback. So giving him opportunities and not throwing him under the bus too soon would be a wise option. Uh, I know 49ers fans are going to be hesitant to do so, but media and other sports people are going to be you know, clawing at him a little bit. Yeah. But I am under the impression that I did not play that badly. I watched the entire game to see what people were talking about, and I, I did not see crappy play. I just saw a guy that looked like he was playing in the elements. So, okay. you know. I think Trey Lance is going to have a good future for himself, but it's going to take time. All right. So uh, we've got a game coming up this weekend between the Patriots and the Steelers. This will be the first time that uh, there hasn't been a quarterback in that game named either Ben or Tom. We have two fresh quarterbacks up. Uh, pretty interesting. It's been a long time, since 1998. I know. It's, it was fascinating when I saw that. I, yeah. Well, it's a long time. Those guys played uh, a long time at a high level. It's not going to be probably as good as back then, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's going to have... I think the stat said, like, the last time that happened, Mac Jones was three. Yeah. So... Okay. It was very young last time that... Yeah. That last time they were not in it together, so... 
You know, you're walking in some history there. I'd say, and I'm guessing both teams uh, hope that their current quarterbacks turned out to be as good as their last quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. because uh, you, you need good quarterbacks. I think quarterbacks they, are the lifeblood of the team. They both had good ones for a very, very, very long time. Spoiled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Yep. <laughs> Every team has that dynasty quarterback you can go to, but yep. they had him more recently. Awesome. All right. Short episode. Appreciate you hanging out. Yeah. Listeners, thanks for listening again. If you haven't subscribed, please do that. We'd love to hear from you out out there over on the the Twitter at um, yeah, Sports. Come on, check it out. Uh, And also hit, hit the website. Get some news and information between podcasts. Keep you informed. Let you know what's happening. Appreciate you. See you. All right. We'll talk on Friday. God bless. See you.